All right. Well, uh, welcome to BSing with Sean K. I'm your host, Sean Neese. Today, my uh, my guest is uh, artist Nelio Bugalo. So uh, thanks for coming on. And happy to be here, man. So uh, what what can you uh, tell us about yourself and the kind of art you do? Well, um, I would say um, well-rounded in, in most of the fields of art. But I guess my personal work, I've just been discovering it within the last year basically which happens with most artists they don't really know what they're gonna do or it just comes out of nowhere and what i've been actually doing and more of my personal work is uh has to do with anatomy i was always fascinated with anatomy human anatomy and animals and all likes and i used to buy books and i have a lot of books on anatomy and um i've actually started developing these um paintings and ink drawings and sculptures that surround themselves with um cadavers of avian animals um and they're hooked up to like machinery and it has to do i I guess the message behind that is uh like how humans keep getting closer and closer to technology uh within no advancing in technology it's almost getting to what's next like bringing back from the dead type things and it's it's though the way these drawings are set they look old like they have old type of lamps and and gadgets kind of like almost like a frankenstein type of feel to it and it's all these like carcasses of birds um the two ones that were featured in the gallery in jersey city uh one of them is an owl and it's called time is not wise to the wise and it's a it's a it's a decapitated head of a of an owl hooked up to like some circuit board and it was it was a mixed medium it, it was um pastels um watercolor and ink and um the other one that i had was called mortem Exus, and it's a parrot hooked up to a bunch of gears and it's kind of it's very morbid <laughs> you know but it's it's just the the art that i actually discovered and i feel that this art is coming from the love of dinosaurs that I have. Birds turning into dinosaurs. It kind of naturally progressed into that. Because that's what I drew for a long, long time. was just dinosaurs and paleo art and whatnot. But this is actually something that I'm doing personally. And so, and, and the other artwork that I'm doing personally off from the birds is um, females, uh, female nudes with masks. And some of them um, turning some of them have to do with like goddesses as well that those are still in the works there's only a few maybe like two or three maybe on my site or on instagram that you can see because those ones are still in progress they're they're really not out there yet but the bird ones are everywhere like uh what drew you to like uh like birds and dinosaurs and creatures like that i guess the fascination with these creatures that that lived so long ago and and they're not here anymore. And biggest animals we have now are um, the blue whale or fin whale, and the the African elephant, because African elephant is I'm pretty sure is bigger than the Indian elephant. And so that's it. And we don't have these these you know behemoths uh, walking around the earth anymore. You know, I mean, it, it's just incredible to see that. And I didn't see the actual fossils. In the skeletal structures until 2008 i lived most of my life without going to the museum and then 2008 i finally got to see and i 
really felt small compared to these giant creatures just and they're they're naked they're in their naked bones they're not even fleshed out so it's just that fascination i had as a kid as uh i think as introduced to dinosaurs i, I really don't know how but uh and since then it just stuck it never left me you know and i just began drawing dinosaurs and and animals and whatnot and that turned into monsters and and like diabolic type of creatures which eventually went into this whole other realm of stuff and that's where like graphic novel type work comes along you know like comics and stuff and you mentioned uh like some of the other work related to like uh goddesses is that like from uh like norse and greek mythology or from all from all cultures then um from from norse from to the hindu to um uh even deities more and, and saints uh all, all all with doing with goddesses appreciating the female form because um female form is always really very much the artwork and and i've uh i love taking these classes once in a while at a good jersey city and, and take these classes where um you get to draw for an hour or two models and whatnot and it's just it's always great to draw the the female form the curves the, the shadows everything just so i began doing this these goddess type of um drawings in my sketchbook and then it, it eventually started becoming more into paintings and large-scale ink work which would be large-scale ink work would be like a, a whole like wall panel you know and I haven't really shown any of that work because I, I, I it's still, of course, in process. It's still uh, still in writings of what I'm going to do and whatnot, you know. But, yeah, so we have that one. Not and uh, are there any other artists that have influenced you or any that you would say you're similar to in style? Oh, yes. Um, one of my main influences, I guess, would be with the, with the whole creature aspect of things, would... Uh, the Crash McCreary from from Stan Winston Studio from back in the 90s. He drew from Terminator, Predator to all the Jurassic Park dinosaurs. His his work has greatly influenced all my work because I saw all his work on in 1993. You would see it on little on your notebooks, on like stickers on pencil sharpeners and I was always fascinated how this guy would draw how he he just meshed the skins and and how everything just looked so textured it looked like it was going to pop out of the page and I was so like in tune and just so driven to just get to that point and I still don't think I got into that point yet I know I've gotten pretty well and and someone else can tell me wow yeah you you got into that but I'm still always trying to perfect that because I'm always trying to get to exactly where he was at because the guy's incredible. I mean, he's still doing good work. And um, I would say Chuck Close was another influence just for the, um, the profession, perfectionist aspect of it. How I, I don't know. Have you heard Chuck Close? Uh, no. Is he, He's a uh, contemporary or he's older? I don't know. He's still doing some stuff, but he's a... He's, um, um, photorealist he would do these huge huge works like uh like huge murals and 
get down right down to the little cracks on your skin. It was it's crazy. And then he had an accident, and then, but he still kept doing stuff. I I don't know how. It's just incredible what he does. Um, and I guess another artist that, that influenced a lot of my stuff would be my own mother, which is when she was a portrait artist as well. So she's always been my biggest critic on a lot of the things that I do. I listen to a lot of her critique. She knows what she's talking about with certain things. And she's the one that taught me pretty much how um, the eyes, pre- it, once you get the eyes down right, the eyesight and the soul, the eyes, the rest of the drawing or painting or whatever it is that medium that you're using to create your image comes along, just flows right in. It's getting the eyes right. You get the eyes look dead or dull. The rest of the work just doesn't doesn't flow right. Yeah. And uh, what's the latest news with your artwork and uh, what do you have planned next? Well, right now I got um, I got some plans into the works about trying to do um, trying to create my own uh figures that that um hopefully in time i can get kind of like a little production thing going or uh, replicating uh gonna start out a couple of just basic molds uh basic um maquettes of scientifically scientifically um scientifically accurate dinosaurs i i see in the market there's always um there's so many different type of dinosaurs out there, uh, different companies, Papo, uh, that other one, Schleck or something. But, but they're never the size, like the the figures are never the size that I've always been like happy about. Cause I, I collect dinosaurs and whatnot in Jurassic Park memorabilia, and but I've always wanted dinosaurs to fit the same size as the old Kenner days. Cause you know what I mean, even they did what they did with Star Wars and all that. It was incredible. The Kenner sculptors were just incredible artists. But now there's really not much, and they've, they've downscaled all figures of dinosaurs and whatnot. So I'm trying to trans- do something with that, but that'd probably be later at the end of the year. Um, with my own personal work, I'm trying to get um, at least a 10 part series of the bird painting and drawings done which are called Avibus Mortuus Mechanarium. And I at least have 10 of them. I have right now completely done five. So I need five more. And it seems that from the first one that I did, which is called the Raven, which is a head of a Raven uh, hooked up to some like weird oxygen tanks and, and like there's grubs and maggots kind of falling from its from his lower jaw like he's just decaying but he's there i don't know anyway from that one to pretty much the last project that i'll tackle there's a huge transition of how of more stuff that i'm trying to do as it progresses along so you have like one drawing it's it's just an ink drawing then i'm going into sculpture and the last one is going to be it's going to be called the conduit and it's going to be a california condor um, placed within five different um, panels, so you have a you have the the middle will be a different type of painting, different style. Then you have a part of the wing a different style, the other part of the wing a different style, and all together when you put the, all these wood panels together, it'll create the image of the uh, California condor. One side is going to be all 
kind of mechanical mangled pieces and the other side's going to be all cadaver but it's just like i guess the more i'm getting into it the more i'm throwing into a challenge i'm challenging myself more it's not just uh ink work anymore it's going to different places that i might not feel comfortable at the moment but i like i like the feeling of putting myself in that type of uh, situation because more incredible things seem to happen when i put myself in a painting that i don't know if i can paint or a drawing that i don't know if i can do it, it's almost a uh, i'm thrown into an inspiration feel you know so that's kind of the, the the thing that i'm working on right now at the very moment right now it's all jurassic park fan related work that i'm doing on the side and that's it for the moment because i don't have any freelance work at this very moment so i'm doing kind of just jp stuff and uh, how would you describe like the process for uh working up a piece and like how long does it take you um one of the biggest things is, is, is fighting off the procrastination. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, when you start a piece, having that blank canvas, I could write down everything I'm going to do. And most of the time, it doesn't even come out at all with whatever sketch I did or writings that I've written down. It turns into completely a different type of monster. But it's, it's more of a getting into that mode to do what you got to do. When it, when it comes to paid jobs and, and freelance, it's easy. It's it's more, this is what the client wants. Okay, get it done. That's it. Because you're, you're not really doing something that, that I guess you want to do freely of mind, I guess I would say. And does it make uh, it easier with like a deadline? Like. Yes, it does. It, with a deadline, yeah, it makes it easier. But it's it's almost like you're, you're doing, yeah, you're doing something that you're creating for your client but it's not exactly your own personal work so it's a lot easier when it's your own personal work it's it's just a it, it takes a lot more because it, you're especially with me i'm a perfectionist so when i see something wrong i keep fixing it i i i kind of feel like uh I, I can't remember the artist has said it that um no painting is really done it's just you you just let it sit and you'll go back to it i have paintings there sitting i have one behind me right now back there um that's still not done it looks done but i look at it and i can see so many things that i can change and so many things i want to change it's just getting into that mode to do it so if i sometimes what happens i'll be doing one painting and then i'll think of something else for something else and i'll just stop from that one and go to another one in my personal work with clients, it's different. Clients, I try to get them done, and and then because the client needs it, you know, I'll set myself a deadline. Even if the deadline is, let's say next week, I'll set myself up for the next three days, get stuff done. Plus, with clients too, there's a lot of edits, so I'll I'll do a certain type of draft. They'll approve it or they disapprove it, then do a better work of it, then they approve it, and then just finalize it. You know, but with personal work, it's just do one thing and keep going, keep going, keep going. So I, I would say um, with a painting, just regular painting, it could take it can go to it, a regular painting. My personal work can actually go to months, basically, because it's just like if I work straight through it. I don't know, I lose a lot of sleep. <laughs> 
You know what I mean? But yeah, it, it's just an ongoing process. And basically most of my stuff I, I feel is never really done. It's just how I, I feel like, oh, well, it's, it's, good enough, it's good enough to present for, uh, for people to see it either buy or like or whatever have you, you know? And uh, on your website, you talk about like how uh, like artists have a different mindset from uh, other people. Like, uh, could you explain that or? Oh yeah. Um, I feel, I mean, they're always talking about this, the different, the two sides of the brain. And, um, I guess I'm the example of an artist when I hate math. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, they always say artists are not good at math. Well, I mean, if this, the stereotype is true in my sense, um, I, I say that artists, in, and I mean artists all in, in music, in writing, and not just painting or drawing. I mean artists just creating things. Um, it's just the mind. It's just how our minds work, how um, we see things that aren't there, but yet we're able to create them or we want to create them. We just can't do them at the moment until the inspiration pops up and then we do. I just feel it's 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 different. I, I've tried to explain it to people and, and people that that do music and and write and they know what it's about because it's it, it's like something that's gnawing at your brain and it needs to come out and it comes out in your work and until it actually comes out, it's just there and it's 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 different than trying to explain it in a technical sense to some people. Um, I don't know. You just got to, it's almost like you just got to experience it to understand. It's just creating things. And I've always felt that artists create things almost like gods do. Gods, you know, in literature and, you know, either if you're religious or if you just believe in the old gods and whatnot, how it is that earth was created by gods and, or God or whatnot. And, um, I always felt artists have share a little bit of that. I'm not saying we're all godly, mighty. We can't. We're all like Superman, you know. We're all Kal-El's and stuff. I'm just saying that we have that ability to create, and we create life in a different type of sense, almost um an artificial type of life. Even though our our work is not exactly alive, like um organically alive, but music is alive. You know what I mean? It, it it when someone creates a piece, it's just it is alive. When someone creates the um, writes a book, the book becomes alive. It becomes these words that'll go through your mind and and insinuate your your imagination and start running and stuff. Um, paintings and and drawings they they all spark the imagination of uh, other human beings. So I feel that we're creating these things and. It gives us like a little little smidget of godlike power, you know what I mean? That's that's pretty much what I meant by that. And that's where you got the that's what the the title of uh, your page means, right? The the art of immortal god. Or... Yeah, exactly. Like we're all we all could be a, a, like gods ourselves, but we're all mortals. You know what I mean? We all can be killed, gods in in their sense, except for <laughs> if you if you played God of War. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Gods really can't be killed. They're, you know, I mean, you can't kill them. 
So, but us ourselves, we can get to levels uh, of God likeness, I guess, in, in the field, if you keep pursuing what you love to do or what is it that you were meant to do on this planet. So if you get to a God like level, like that's, that's the achievement. That's where you want to go to. You want to get to a level where you become, I don't know, you become what you want to become and the best at it, I guess, you know, or the best that you feel that you can be at it. Not trying to be the best, but trying to, you know, be the best for yourself. Be happy within your own skin and creating all these things, you know. So I guess that's, yeah, that's the title. I, I came up with it after reading that. I wrote that. It was uh, it was for, for school, actually. I wrote that. And my professors really loved it. And they were artists, artists themselves. And I and a couple other classmates saw it, too, and read it. And they, they really liked it. And I had some friends that were into music, and they liked it, too. And they, they were, and it was, it was kind of like, yeah, we're all here. We're all like mortal gods ourselves, you know? So I was like, you know what? It's... Let me put that on the page, you know, just felt it was something that we can all kind of relate to that that are in this uh, business or whatnot, you know. So uh, do you feel like there's a lot of uh, like good uh, contemporary artists out there today? Like, uh, are there any that you'd like to collaborate with in the future? Or... Yes, there, there's a lot of great artists out there. There's I feel I feel a lot of um, artists that are in the limelight are some are doing good work but i don't follow too much of the limelight artists i actually follow artists that aren't really alone um i have made a lot of connections through instagram and facebook and and other social networks with artists that are just as incredible or even more than the ones that are getting all the shine right now and i feel those are even truer sometimes than the ones that are out there that are doing things because the, the ones that are out there, they're getting paid completely for what they do. And, I mean, I get paid for my freelance and my commissions, but, I mean, that's not my art. That's um, I'm doing somebody else's vision, you know, that has nothing to do with me. Yeah, I'm creating their work or what they say and making it real, I guess. I mean, they say words and I'll make it into an actual image. So it is, I'm putting, I'm putting in it, I'm creating an image, but it's mostly their image. When it's my personal work, yeah, I mean, that's, those paintings aren't selling like all the time and, and whatnot. They, you know, I mean, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not making a killing off of it at the moment. Hopefully time, yes, but, but um, I have friends that are out there doing the same thing and I feel they're even truer because they, I mean, just like me, we can give up and just give into society and be like, you know, F it, whatever. And I'm just gonna just do like every other man, work the nine to five and forget about the artwork. Cause I mean, it's not an easy field. And I feel like these other artists are in the same type of boat sometimes. And, but their work is just amazing. And I've, been wanting to col collaborate with them and will in time when the time comes along i talk to them all the time and we we keep in touch and we've talked about art trades where i'll draw something the other artist draws something and switch trade it up 
and um and um I have my friend Lizzie. Um she has she has a site uh well she has a s- store on I think she still has it on Etsy. Um be whimsical. She does very incredible work. She does like these whimsical trip of drawings where it's like little like kind of characters and but don't take just the little characters as uh, just a certain drawing. She does incredible uh, portraits. I actually bought one of her shirts because it's just it's just um, I love the the image that she that she did. Um, then I have another friend of mine, uh, Brooke. She's a paleo artist. And um, she does incredible dinosaur drawings, and um, and I have a lot of friends that were in in the whole graffiti field, which I did for years. I was in it. I was in the graffiti field for a long time, and their work is incredible. It's just not legal, and it's not in canvas. It's on walls and on trains. You know, they really don't get any shine because they can't. <laughs> you know what I mean? They do. They get arrested, <laughs> but you I mean there's a lot of good art out there. It's just uh, not everyone's looking. And was that uh, was that like some of what you got started with graffiti, or was that like some of your? Um, I started graffiti like uh, in my early teens, um, and it was it was at a time when I guess I would say I was always drawing. Um, up until high school and I was always drawing here and there up until high school and high school, you know, changes you and makes you kind of a robot for a little while, you know, um, it's just the whole society thing. And, and, uh, I got into graffiti around that time and it, it was, it was more of the adrenaline rush I used to get from it rather than the art itself. Like I admire others with the art, with their art, but for me it was a lot of adrenaline, and just uh, trying to challenge myself on murals and whatever paintings that I would do. But it art was not that important to me at that time. Uh, I don't know really what it was. I guess uh, just that teenage mind. Other stuff was on the brain, but it wasn't uh, the main focus. How art is now to me. I really didn't rediscover my artist self until I was like 22. For years, I kind of uh, took it for granted, I guess I would say, you know. Um, it was just it was just something that I would do kind of on the side. And, you know, I always had friends that would ask, hey, can you draw a tattoo design for me or can you draw this or blah, blah, blah. And any artist friend of mine will relate to that because all our friends are always asking for free art and whatever. And and it's cool. Sometimes you, you do free art and whatever. Um, but it was, it was more of that, I guess. And then I just rediscovered it. Like I, I can really say at age 22 and I was like, this is what I want to do. And there's no going back. I'm like, whether I completely fail <laughs> horribly or I will succeed. And you know, my focus is to succeed, of course. It's just been, it's been a difficult journey. Certain things in life as well tend to inspire the art. And it's 
as sad as it is to say, it's tragedy more than great moments. Great moments come and go, and they kind of they leave you with some good little you know little good drawings and whatnot. But it's the tragedies tragedies that have happened that I actually have influenced and and pushed my artwork through the boundaries. You know, so from like age 22 till now, there's been a good amount of them. So it, it's kind of going, I guess, with the whole <laughs> that's it's pushed me to draw dead animals. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. <laughs> you know, so you know, I guess it would be it, it'd be that. I mean, for a good amount of time, I just didn't didn't really pay the attention I should have, because I. I could have probably been on this journey a lot sooner, but everything goes as it goes. You know, you're you're meant to be where you're at at the moment in time. It's just the way it is. If you're meant to be somewhere at a certain point in life, you'll get there. But it's when it's supposed to happen. Can't rush these things. And what have been like uh, some of the most the most uh, meaningful pieces you've worked on, and why? Um, one, one of them, I guess, um, the most recent one I can actually think of was just a, a digital portrait. It was of, uh, my best friend that passed away in December and he was one of one of the people, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, my family supports me in everything I do, and I have friends that do, but he supported my work. I, there's no words to really put it how much he backed me up on everything I did. And I've, I, I, I've drawn things that I was, I had stuff in the work to draw for him because he was going to get all tattooed up and, you know, and, um, the piece I did was called My Friend in the Sky, and it's just a portrait of his face with, like, clouds in the back. And But it was one of the most difficult pieces to do because at the time I was drawing it, um, he had passed away. And I drew it without sleep. I, I just drew it in one night. And it was um, it was difficult because I was, I was drawing it from, from a photo onto my computer. And uh, just l looking at him as I was drawing was too emotional. So it, it was it was such a process. It was such a fight to get this drawing done. But at the same time, it, it, I would stop and kept thinking that my friend was gone. And it's one of my most meaningful pieces, I guess, uh, aside from other things that I'll, I'll mention next. But in the sense that it it's special because it's someone that always appreciated my artwork and then he his portrait actually became my highest hit um piece on Instagram so he became immortalized in my work and he he became the art that he loved so much which is crazy <laughs> you know but uh I think that was that was one of my most meaningful pieces. It's in black and white, and it's all it's digital. I did it on um, Paint Tool SAI, and um, I don't know I love that piece. 
I gave uh, I gave a copy of it to his family and to my cousin, which was his girlfriend and the mother of his children. So, and just giving those pieces away to them, it, it felt good. It felt like it, it was a it was a painting that I did for myself for just uh, just to get that out there and for them as well, so they can have like a piece. Um. Another piece that I would think of that I really loved working on was called Josiah's Purgatory. And um, Josiah is my name, uh, my personal account on Instagram. And that is the main character of that one graphic novel that's that's uh, in, it, that goes in chapters. He's uh, the hero art story. Anyway, and, and that it's it's that is a part of the the story where I drew like a, a purgatory scene and the purgatory that I, that I invented whatnot is on another, another plane of our, of our existence. It's uh, another dimension, I would say. And it was the first earth and the city, like when you look at the painting, you can see like uh, kind of like uh, structures coming in from the fog like being dissipated by fog um and in that those structures that's eden the first city well in my story it's the first city and this place was completely abandoned when things went to went to hell and it was left as purgatory for all these lost souls and in in those sand dunes the reason that the the sand dunes are purple is because the sand was like this certain type of color that when it was mixed with blood, it actually became this purple type of sand. So the sand is covered in blood. And it's all the blood of like, well, I, I can't say exactly what, but it's all the blood of like certain things. And that's why it's like, it's a stained world. And that is the purgatory. That's where you go when you can't go anywhere else. And it's, and on that world, there's these things that, that live, these, these old souls and stuff. And it's just a crazy land. But I just love... The, when I was painting that, I was I was I saw that purgatory in a dream. I saw it in a dream. I wrote it down because it was so vivid, and I was like, okay, I gotta paint this, and I painted it, and it just the depth in it was incredible for the time because I hadn't done anything like that. This painting's pretty old. It's uh, I think 2011, but I still look at it and I still see that stuff that I should finish on it. But it's, I don't know. It's it, it's in, that's why I have it hanging up right, right right by me because it's such a great painting. Uh, and um, other ones are in the process because I could say the bird drawings as a whole because I really love how those things turned out. Um, the first time I drew like a sketch of one, I was at a bar with a friend of mine, and he looks at it and he's like, dude. That's I've never seen anything like this before. That's that's you. That's your like complete style. And it, and, it, and I was drawing on a napkin. And from there, I got the idea for the first one, the Raven. And it was kind of like where I was like, oh wow, I'm I'm actually transitioning into what I want to really be doing, you know. But yeah, that's sort of guess the the works that we like. And uh, you mentioned uh, your graphic novel. What can you say about uh, the graphic novels you worked on and uh, how they first get started? 
the ones that I'm working on? Or, yeah. Oh, uh, oh, um, Odessa. I it, it came out of um. Just I have a lot of friends that are female. A lot of these um, they're very close friends. I have I have more female friends than male friends. Uh, I have I have maybe like two three male friends really and i have many female friends and i've grown up with just women i have uh, two sisters and my mom and i grew up with my grandma so i grew up all in a house full of women um so i guess that's where i would tend to also with the paintings with goddesses i've always appreciated and admired women um in the sense of how, how sometimes the world can look I, i've seen the struggles that my sisters have gone through and my my own mother without my father around so i mean I, I, there's a lot of influence in my work from that itself just seeing that and then just knowing my friends that have had abusive boyfriends and and just experiences of life myself made me create this novel odessa just to kind of, I mean, it's it's an issue that's not talked about enough, I think, with the abusive relationships and all that. And I guess it's it, this way of doing this novel, it's kind of a, it has a science fiction type of element to it. Can't really say, it gives it away. But the thing about it is that, with that science fiction element, it actually uh, it's in, it's kind of all involved in one to actually get that message out there about the domestic abuse and how rampant it is. It's everywhere. I mean, it's, it's horrible. It's breaking up families. It's it's uh, hurting children. I mean, it's all across the, the dang country, you know. So that's with that one. Um, with the other one. It had to do with my fascination with civilizations and religion, different religions, different spiritual uh, ways and whatnot. Uh, I come from a religious family, and my grandmother is very religious. And um, but I was always fascinated by how humans view this world i guess from the beginning how we create stories and, and uh how we want so badly to know where why we are here that i guess is the driving force why we are here what happened how the how did it go from this point to this point and where is that missing link and also uh, uh, the other bit of influence would be with um with Michael Crichton and when he wrote Jurassic Park with uh, cloning and how science and how science talks about evolution, evolution. It's almost like the two polar opposites that really influence that story, evolution and religion. And I meshed them together in a sense that it could actually, that is a part of this world. We, we live with both. We live with both sides of the fence on everything. Really. There's always uh, black and white and, and evil and good and, you know, but I try to make it to the point that they mesh together, that there is a gray area, almost like Stan Lee said. I mean, with villains, the best villains wear gray hats. You know, you don't want a black hat wearing villain 
that you already know, oh, that's the villain. I wanted it to point out that the hero has so many flaws that you kind of start hating him too. You know, I wanted to make it, it make it like that. And the story as itself, as it develops and, and, and the hero himself develops, you, you see, you see the flaws and you see the, the, the good in his villains of what they're trying to really do. So the influence has come from that for that story. The influence comes from everywhere, but I would, I, I guess I would say the basis would be religion, evolution, and civilizations, especially Egyptian civilizations, the civilization. Fascinating. I have so many books on Egyptian civilization. And, uh, what can you say about the the fan art for like the different shows you were working on and like uh oh it's like the Jurassic Park and Batman yeah there's one for Breaking Bad yeah oh yeah that's right <laughs> yeah I just uh just a fan of um I'm a huge huge fan of uh, a lot of good shows on TV when they are good shows I did um a little bit of fan art for for Breaking Bad uh, my sister was a big fan of it um so I I made you know, a little, a quick little mini poster for her, and then some other friends liked it, and they they got ones too, and and then um, then uh, I'm always drawing on my free time, Batman and their in his villains, and there's a long ongoing project because since it is you know free time projects, it takes a long time to get to them, but I've I've been drawing his villains in a more real state like um kind of a nolan verse type of thing nolan really really got all of us (laughs) you know with the whole like real aspect of stuff yeah i i still love the whole like supernatural type of element to batman's villains but i really love even in my own work as as you heard me talking before i love to put this real element into everything like try to make it real because i love making that making people think that this can actually happen because that's when you really catch an attention of someone when they actually start actually involving themselves like wait a second could this be part of my world almost like in horror flicks you know when you make a horror flick like freddy krueger you know that it's you know as a kid it scares you but as an adult you watch it and you're like it's not real but you look at something more like um you're next or uh i would say what is it, strangers or whatever? Those are elements that's kind of like, okay, this could actually happen. So it, it 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 puts you in that place. It puts you in the story, and that's the whole point of it. So this these villains that I'm creating for Batman, I I started drawing them more in a real real sense, and I was actually influenced by Lee Bermejo, or Bermejo is name is strange to say, but he's an incredible artist. I forgot to mention him. He's an incredible comic book artist. I love the way he does the, his lines. His lines are jagged, but they create like a real aspect. It's 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 crazy. It's such a like trickery of the eyes. But um, I loved his work on the graphic novel Joker, and I was like, wow, what he's doing is incredible. He created real aspect to the villains. He made them look like real people that can actually be in our world rather than just Batman the world. So I was like, hey, what what if I can do something like that? So I started out with um, with Joker, and I created a real-looking Joker that had a Glasgow smile, and you could see his gums, and his face was all 
distorted and his shirt was all messed up and whatnot. Then I went from him and created a scarecrow where his um his mask is full of teeth and like he, like if he made it himself from like weird objects and stuff just to make it scary. And the third one would be Killer Croc, which I I made um like this huge dude where he has body modification and his skin has that like crocodile aspect to it, but he actually has his scales tattooed in almost like the lizard man. So those are the three that I, that I have worked on. I, I've wanted to get into other villains, but just haven't gotten there. But um, the biggest fan art stuff that I do is, is Jurassic Park related. I mean, this movie, man, has influenced a lot of stuff. When when they announced that they were doing like a hybrid dinosaur, I was already drawing the hybrid dinosaur like the next day from what they said it looked like or what it was made up of. I have a drawing that I drew the summer last year where I was spot on on some aspects of it by having these like feather, little like proto feathers coming out of its head. And I drew and, and the way his jaw looks and stuff. I was like, oh man, I wasn't too far off. But I just love doing fan work because I'm a huge fan of these like franchises and whatnot, especially when it comes to Jurassic Park and Batman. Um, I don't know it's fun. It's fun to draw, you know. And just put my little twist or my little style into it. You know what I mean? And uh, so, like, uh, what ways do you feel you've improved as an artist over the years? And are there like any ways you feel you still could improve? Oh, definitely. Um, I can improve. I just the way I feel. It's it's a ever evolving to everything I, I feel like it, it never stops like um the one thing i can actually say that's uh kind of messed up to say you know how people always say practice 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 i don't <laughs> <laughs> i really don't like i can actually say i don't uh like i don't really sit there and practice uh certain things i just i just understand them when it has to do with art you can you can put other things from I don't know, like, you could put a car in front of me. I don't know what the hell to do with a car. I do not know how to change the oil, <laughs> nothing. I don't even know how to change the tire, man. Like, yo, <laughs> it's bad. But you put um, an art program in front of me or um, certain art tools, uh, you know what I mean? You throw some clay and some clay tools or whatever and tell me to do a certain thing. At the moment, I'll tell you, I, I've never done it before. Or I don't know how to do it, but the the end result will look like I've been doing it for a long time. I just understand it. It was kind of like how I got into sculpture. I got into sculpture in school, and I got into uh, I took the class. I was like, oh, I, I want to take sculpture, and I've never taken sculpture. I've done um, sculpts of anything before, and I ended up loving sculpture, and that's what's actually going to help me now when I start sculpting the dinosaur figures. And in that class, I sculpted a, a head of a T-Rex. And I took the biggest challenge because I had to make a mold out of it. And I was like, can I do this? And I told the professor, and the professor asked me, can you do this? And I said, I don't know, <laughs> but I'm going to try. And it ended up being an incredible project and with incredible results. I loved how the sculpt came, came out. Now I look at it and I know all the things I can improve. 
you know, it's still awesome. I I don't hate it, but it's uh it's always evolving. Um, this artwork and what I do. Uh, one day I could draw this one thing, and the next day come in and be like, this does not look right, and just make it look better. You know, so I don't think it ever really stops. It just always keeps going. You know? So what has been your experience like with uh like uh, the different art shows and other events you've done, and what have been some of your favorites? Meeting other artists is number one. That's always awesome because they they all do such different things, and just hearing them talk about your their work is like hearing your own brain like say things, and it's like aha, we're on the same note. Yes, and, and they're talking about something completely different. They could be talk they be talking about uh an artist that works in in chain metal, you know, and stuff like that, and. And it's nothing that I do, but the way to describe their process or or how they kind of say certain things, it's like, oh, I know what you mean. It's it, it's always great to have that that mutual connection with these other minds that do kind of same thing you do. That was I, that's one of the the great things about the show is just meeting so because I met so many and I've been going a lot more to Jersey City area. That's where I've been meeting a lot. Of, there's like a, an art renaissance there right now where a lot of art is going. And you know I mean, it's it's kind of like the whole Brooklyn scene. But Brooklyn scene is very. um. It's like, oh, we're artists and let's all go right here because this is where the money's at. And blah. Jersey City right now, it's like we're doing art. We're artists. Come here and do art with us. It's not more like you know, everybody in the end is trying to make money off of their work, of course. But. It's more of the feeling that you get off of doing this this work and, and just being around these incredible people, you know. Um, but other than that, meeting people that don't do art at all, but appreciate art and actually sit there or stand there and look at your painting and dissect it, either in a bad sense or in a good sense, because if, if you're in this field, you got to have kind of a thick skin with this stuff. Because, man, I, I put some drawings up and critique is brutal sometimes, you know. But whatever. It, it In the end, that's that's the way it is. You know I mean, it, even if one day I get out there and, and I got a painting that's that the half of the world knows, half of it's going to like it, the other half's going to hate it. Or 20% will like it and the rest will hate it, you know? But it's just, I don't know, and meeting those people, it's always great to see what they feel, what they get off from the drawing and painting. I met this one guy that um, was talking about my owl paint, uh, drawing painting. And, um, man, he had a lot to say about it. <laughs> and more than I even knew myself, I was like, okay, um. I didn't know that's what I was painting, but thanks. <laughs> yeah. So those two aspects are the best things about those shows. The networking and uh, the meeting of new people, the whole aura of, of like art and these artists, you know. And uh, so do you have any other passions besides art? And uh, if so, what are they? Let me think. Any other um I guess as uh as, as dinosaurs <laughs> <laughs> you 
Yeah, I love um, I love paleontology. That was um, that was one thing I wanted to be for a long time, and I know it's like we're you know my generation is from the Jurassic Park era. We all wanted to be paleontologists, but I for a long time was really driven to want to be one, and I have a bunch of paleontology books, dinosaur books, and all that, and I follow very closely all dinosaur related news. Um, when it has to do with paleontology, I, I guess that's my, my little hobby on the side. I read a lot of uh, the new theories, and I take part in saying new theories myself from reading certain uh, certain science um, reports on new discoveries. Because paleontology changes every week, man. It's uh, you know, I mean, one day they're saying this, the next week they're saying that, because we really don't know. <laughs> You know I mean, as much evidence as we can gather, there's so much that we don't have. So it's always growing and it's always changing. So that's what's fascinating about it, because you can have this one theory today and tomorrow it's nothing. It's not even worth it anymore. You know? So I, I guess it would be that in collecting. I, I collect uh, Jurassic Park memorabilia. I have so much stuff. I have, I have a storage unit just full of stuff. You know? Right now, I don't even know where the hell to put all this stuff that I got for Jurassic World. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> And I'm just going around hunting for it, you know? And um, I guess also uh, another thing that I that I do on the side, um, it's I guess I would say it's a hobby, but not really. Um, it has to do with um, uh, participating in helping animals find homes, uh, especially cats. Hey, any animal, really, but more cats i i have my own cat and and uh like uh he's he's like he's somewhere around there he's actually right now licking himself <laughs> um but uh i participate a lot on on facebook with um with blind cat rescue they rest they're an incredible great organization where they they save the lives of cats that have um uh certain diseases and disabilities and a lot of them are blind and they can't have um homes sometimes and people won't you know i mean they they've people are strange man they, they get something and even if it's alive it's a person even if it's yeah like a person or animal it almost feel like an object they're like oh it's broke you know uh, because it can't do this or can't do that so these this organization gives these cats homes and I uh, I don't know when, but someday in the future, I would love to visit that place and and hang out with all those little cats and stuff. And I tr um, I'm trying to transition into helping cats in local shelters around here, and dogs as well. All all the animals that need to find homes. More I I, I say more cats because you know I own a cat. I'm a cat owner, or I don't even like to say owner guardian. You know, um, but yeah. I'm I'm a cat person, so you know, cat memes, cat everything. <laughs> so you think uh, like there'll ever be like a way to merge that with like art with your artwork or cats? Like helping animals or whatever, like maybe. Some I've kind of... I've thought about it. I just don't know how. I have thought about it. I don't know how yet, but I've been wanting to to do something with it that I can help uh, these animals find homes or these animals find. Uh, certain uh, medical needs when they need it 
Um, Maybe like an art show benefit, I guess, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to do that in the in the future if I can find a, a coalition of artists to do it. I, I wouldn't be able to do it alone. I, I I don't have that influence or grasp on on the world to be able. To, if I did, how was yeah, man? I do that probably for not just not not even um not just cats. I'd probably do that for uh, cancer patients and and all that. And every I helping something with the world you know and that's uh i mean i guess that, that would be another hobby of mine but i don't really talk about it too much i keep it kind of t- a little bit to myself with um especially with how the world is today with all the things that are going on there there was a painting that i was actually working on with with all the stuff that was going on in ferguson it was i i never brought it out i actually got rejected from uh <laughs> from a gallery hmm. because it was too graphic, I guess. It's pretty much um, like a silhouette of a person holding their hands up, and the silhouette, it, the it's it's a white silhouette, but what's surrounding it to make it into a silhouette is just blood dri- dripping down canvas, and the blood is actually dripping and seeping into guns coming out from the ground. So I my my message through the painting is the more guns, the more violence it's feeding like it's it's the more guns are growing the violence is growing and it's like the silhouette or the person is not it's not in focus anymore it's and people aren't important it's more uh it, they they found it like to it's be not just that one event it's many events and this is just one yeah it, it, yeah i had another one that i did in in school it was a collage and it was just um it was everything that was going on at the time um i can't remember I think it was the, uh, I think it was Afghanistan war that was going on, like like when it was like the main focus, um, but it was uh, just cutouts of newspaper stuff, and and in the middle was just this like I took this one little image of a girl with like a butterfly or something, but the rest of the image was just syringes, uh, drugs, um, death, like people just being dragged, of bombs exploding, a bunch of stuff. And then, you know, I mean, it's just the, the whole climate of how the world is right now. It's just, it, it's just awful. I, I tend, I try not to get into that type of art, you know, because, um, I don't know. I, I don't want to at the moment. I, I don't want to get too political with that stuff. Cause you're like the, the backlash or whatever, like it, I, I, Shoot, it, I'll tell you the truth. If if um in the near future I start getting more work out there and my name starts being thrown around a little more, yeah, I'll get into it. But you know I mean more more into it. Uh, but you have to. I have to start somewhere where people start to. Uh, I guess I would say. I don't know. I don't want to get into that this early in my career. Not right now plus i i don't know it's just why why get how would, how would i would put this um like you already want to be established so like yeah yeah because it, then it, it looks then it looks weird afterwards uh, all of a sudden i'm like i'm doing all this political artwork and all of a sudden hey check out these dead birds you know people expect just political art because that's with political art that's your pigeonhole you're left right there you know what i mean other artists that that will do you know their work 
once in a while they'll throw out a like Picasso, you know, he did all this other stuff and all of a sudden then he did that that one huge mural. I man, the name's right there on the tongue and I just Guernica. Guernica, I think. I'm probably saying it wrong. Eh. Well anyway, that was the political mural, political painting. But it was one, you know? And he probably did a couple more that I can't think of at the moment, but that's that's the difference. If I would do stuff uh, in the near future, maybe I'll throw out one or two, you know, but I wouldn't base all my artwork on just politics, you know, because it's a very <laughs> tricky field. You know, it's it's like religion, too. You, you throw something out and there you get stuck in a box or. Yes, or... you get stuck in that box and and you're just there's going to be people that will be like, awesome. Yes. And there's going to be people like we hate you. And. You know, if you get into that type of place, you can't really shake those people off. If you do one or two, whatever, you get those people hating that one or two paintings. It's fine. But you got to look at it in an aspect of um, where your career is going. You can't really just throw yourself in the fire just yet when you haven't even started. <laughs> you know? And uh, what's the highest level of success you hope to achieve as an artist? I hope to be able to live comfortably off of my work, be able to actually stay home and, and work. I, I Look, if I, if I could just stay home and work on my stuff all day long, um, that's fine with me. Um, be able to have, I, I mean, I don't, I, I'm not a person for the, the whole, you know, riches and, and have like a Mercedes and a grill <laughs> <laughs> a platinum grill on my face and curls. <laughs> no, that's not, that's not me. I, I, it's simple. I, I mean, just get – basically what I would love to do I, in the money aspect, just live comfortably. Be able to be able to work from home. But in, in the art aspect, I would love for my work to um, go out there in the world and, and, and um, I would love to influence – other artists to start just like some artists influenced me just that i would love to be oh you know what that one guy that did that one painting <laughs> they don't even have to know my name they're just gonna be like that painting man that's what made me do this you know <laughs> that'd be awesome to be like oh dude that <laughs> i influenced that painting he doesn't know my name but <laughs> i influenced that you know i guess just a little of that kind of success to actually have my work out there and be talked about, noticed, you know? And uh, do you have any advice for other aspiring artists? Um, don't go into this. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say follow if you really feel this is your field. Um, you mean, and once you're in it, uh, just don't give up on it you know i mean even if it takes years because a lot of artists man it, it took years for them to even become noticed you know um i mean some some got noticed very early on uh like jean michel Basquat, he he got he got noticed at 28 you know he he was out there in the street and he like that but but then you got other ones that became into the aspect of uh of the world became it the, the the world started viewing them at like the age 50. Um, like Pollock, Jackson Pollock was late in his career when he got noticed. You know, it's just it's just doing what you want to do 
and just keep pursuing it basically. And if you really feel like it's not for you or you want to give up, then it's not for you. Like as simple as it is, even if I sound like an asshole saying it, it's it. If you really feel like it's such a struggle and whatever, don't even go into it then. You know, it's 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 like everything else that you want to pursue in life. It, it, to get to it, it it's going to be difficult because it's well worth it in the end. And if, if, you know what I mean, if I never make it, damn, that sucks, but it, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep pursuing what I do. And that's, that's it. I said it a couple years ago when, when I got, uh, plugs in my ears and said, you know, <laughs> to get a regular job, it's going to suck. You know, I said it, I said, F it, man. I was like, that's it from here on out. This is what I want to do. And I must strive every day to do my best and get stuff out there. And I work constantly and more now than ever. Um, I really don't have an outside life. I just am constantly working on new stuff. Um, I took a trip to California recently and throughout the whole trip, I, I wrote so much of Odessa and so much of, um, the other series, the revolution of pursuers, more stuff to it. Um, I did so many different drawings like that I had unfinished. I mean, it's just, I try to use as much as, as much of the days that I can, cause they're so limited and they go so fast, dude, we're already in May, <laughs> you know, it, like, I, like it almost feels like yesterday was January. So time goes so fast and you have to evaluate it and try to put everything that you can down to the last second of the day, get your work out there, you know? So it's all about time management, never giving up on the stuff that you want to do and just pursue it. If you love it, if you love art or this field or whatever type of thing you're doing, it doesn't even have to be art, you know? Um, just go at it with full force, knowing that it might not work out. It's like a risk, you know, it's like jumping off a plane. <laughs> There's a big chance that you're going to freaking die. <laughs> you know, that parachute doesn't open. But you just got to do it. You got to jump. And that's what I did. I jumped at the age of 22 and I haven't fallen yet. I just keep soaring, you know. So uh, any final thoughts or things you'd like to say? You want to plug your website? Or... Uh, yeah, um, my site is nelliobugalo.com, N-E-L-I-O-B-U-G-A-L-L-O.com. Uh, I'm actually renovating the site right now, um, putting a lot of new work, and I'm going to have a blog on there and actually have an, an in-store online store on there where like original paintings and original works can be purchased. Um, I will be opening up an Etsy store, which will have, um, custom fan art, which, um, has to do more with maquettes and, and dioramas and stuff. Cause for Jurassic park, I may, I'm making custom figures cause Hasbro made no human figures for the line. So I'll be making some of those and I, that's I guess that was another hobby I didn't mention uh, making little dioramas and stuff for Jurassic Park buildings and all that I tried to like little movie sets I have been making those since I was like eight and now as an adult I can actually go to he Home Depot and buy wood and 
and all types of real material rather than cardboard and pizza boxes, which I used to make them before. So I'll be having an Etsy store up with stuff like that. And whoever is a big Jurassic Park fan may, you know, can purchase some of those items. They'll be like collector type items, you know, um, which will go in line with the Kenner line. Um, I have the Chaos Theory um, on Redbubble, Redbubble shop. I, I don't remember at the top of my head, but um, I have that one, which is which is like shirts and and like stickers and stuff. And then it, it's there's Jurassic Park. You got Batman. You got um, Walking Dead on there. You know, fan art from those. So a lot a lot of people like that type of stuff. So I have stuff on there. And um, but the personal work will be will be on the site itself. The store will be on there itself and you'll be able to purchase like real paintings and not just prints. And uh, I should be starting a blog, which I'll be talking about art related things and and talking to other artists as well. I'm in the works about it with a friend of mine. And uh, yeah, that's 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 it for the moment. And in time, of course, the, the figures, but that's still a whole thing. Too many things going on, man. <laughs> My brain's all jumbled up. There's so many things going on. It's like, uh, crazy. All right. Well, uh, I think that does it for this episode of uh, BSing with Sean K. Yeah. Thanks again, man, for coming on. Yeah, no problem, dude. Thank you for having me on the show. Right. Yeah, no problem. And uh, I think I, I should have more episodes coming soon, so uh, stay tuned. Will do. All right. See you, man. <laughs>